You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and today, why don't we break down the article released by Athlon Sports. They come out with this every single year talking about where every team ranks and how Texas A&M seems to be on the cusp of becoming the next great power franchise. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. Go visit rockauto.com and type in Locked on on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections to lie below prices and all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com, it's the place to be. As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, Texas A&M, question, where are they? Honestly, when you break it down, where are they? Would you consider them a top 10 program in college football? Would you consider them a top 5 program in college football? Would you consider them even in the same category as the Alabamas and the Georgias and all these other things in the world? Would you consider them in that same category? And if so, you would say that they've already reached their highest point. I don't think so. And that's not to say that A&M is a bad team. That's not to say that A&M has its own flaws and that A&M can't get there. But what I'm saying is, is that if there's one thing to look at, in my opinion, it's Texas A&M is on the rise. Because if you want to get to that next level, you don't just want to sit here and go, oh, this is the best we can get. 9-3, and 8-4, and 10-2, that's it. That's what we are. We're not a college football playoff team. We are just there in the New Year's Six category. We can't get past the juggernauts. We can't get to the next level. And unfortunately, if you say that, you have to accept it. I do not accept that. I think that Texas A&M has the recruiting, the funds, and of course, more than anything else, the right coaching staff in place to take them from a 7-5 constant win team to a 11-1 a 12 and 0 get to that college football playoff and that one loss coming being in the SEC championship game where you represent the SEC West now Athlon Sports they are uh, very famous they do this every single year everyone knows about Athlon Sports they come out with their predictions each season on how they think a team is going to unfold and when you look at Texas A&M they actually are pretty high on them They have them ranked as the number six team to start the season, which they consider being on the doorstep of joining college football's elite. Now, when we talk about elite, who would be in the top five to where we'd be able to say, oh, elite. The way that I put it is number one is Alabama. I think that's a given. They constantly are finding themselves in the college football playoff. They've missed it one time since its inauguration in 2014. They consistently are winning the SEC. More than any of that, they're producing left and right NFL level talent that gets drafted in the first round each and every offseason. I see that that, that's the reason. They, in my opinion, are the, they are dynasty level. 
Number two after that, what I would say right now is Clemson. It has been for years. Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama. What is it else? It's nothing. Because that's what we're seeing consistently. And again, that's not to say that Clemson doesn't have its own flaws, but Clemson is, right now, the second most consistent. Number three for me would be Oklahoma. And that's where people get a little confused. Why would I put Oklahoma in that category? Well, Oklahoma right now is the one team that constantly is winning the Big 12. They're the one team that is figuring out how to win in recruiting. They did not lose a beat from Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley. They constantly are having the right quarterback. And that's the biggest thing. They've had two number one quarterbacks drafted. They've had two guys win the Heisman. They've had another Heisman finalist in Jalen Hurts. They haven't missed a beat. And the one guy that did take over after Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler, will be there for two years. So this also isn't a transfer guy. This is a guy that Lincoln Riley brought in, and he is now building around him. They have good receiving core. They have a good overall arsenal. Uh, and, And again, if defense wins you championships right now, they have the best defense in the Big 12. So Oklahoma would be in that category. And then the number four. Who is the constant number four team? I would say, as of now, it's Georgia. Georgia constantly is representing the SEC uh, East. And on top of that, they're finishing in the top five in recruiting. They're pushing out the exact same amount of talent as Alabama. They just find a way to miss mess up one or two games a year. That's it. I mean, yeah, I would say that if you put them in the same category as Texas A&M, it'd be okay. But again, if I had to go with four, those would be my four. Right now, 100% in. Oh, my bad, five. Uh, there is a fifth. Uh, it's Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. Ohio State, they didn't miss a beat after Urban Meyer retired, or semi-retired, whatever you want to call it. They've constantly found their way into the college football playoff. They're the one team outside of the SEC and outside the Southern region that is producing NFL talent left and right. They've constantly been in the conversation for the number one pick. They constantly are in the conversation for turning out solid defensive players. They now have joined that rank for DBU, if you really want to break it down, and we'll be discussing that later this week of what we think. But I look at all that. Those are my five. Texas A&M comes in at number six. They're right there. And I think the reason they're right there is because of the head coach, Jimbo Fisher. Fisher went 9-1, 8-4, 7-5. Last season was his best year. And it was the year where everyone said, okay, this is why we invested $7.5 million a season. And on top of all of that, this is why we are sitting here with an opportunity to finish inside the top five consistently. It was worth the investment. It was worth a down year in 2019, because we did not have a run game, we did not have great receivers, and even though Kellen Mond was a good quarterback, he regressed. It was worth all that for 2020 to finish with the highest ranking we've ever had since 1939. They have been on this doorstep for a while. This is where the year, I think, it comes together. Because you look at what the SEC is, and you look at how the SEC is improving, and you look at where the faults are in the SEC, where the strengths are in the SEC, Texas A&M has the one strength that most defenses don't have, and that is a defense. That's it. They're returning veteran talent left and right. And even though we could say, oh, Alabama, they lose players, and they still are the number one or number two defense, you're right, they are. But because of COVID-19 allowing players to stay an extra year, like a Miles Jones, like a Jaden Peavy, like a Devin Morris, should he return, like a Leon O'Neal, 
like these players who have that extra year of eligibility and they did not have to go to the NFL. They didn't have to leave the program. What you're doing is you're allowing players to build and boost their stock for another season. But on top of that, you're also having players who are younger learn the system. And what does Alabama do? They get a lot of young talent that sits for two or three years, and then for two years, they are superstars, become first-round picks. It's the exact same thing happening in College Station. That is the big difference. And that's what we're going to be talking about right here on Locked on Aggies today on the Athlon Sports overall rankings for Texas A&M going into 2021. Let's talk about your cookware for a second. Part of the reason we eat out so much is not based off of what we enjoy, but rather why we can't make that same product at home. And the reality is, it's not your cooking skills, it's your kitchen skills. That means that you don't have the right kitchenware and cookware to be able to make restaurant quality food at home. Now you do with Made In. Made In produces professionally quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. The kitchenwares are distributed heat evenly so they go through a stove in the oven top and their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. They have 28,000 five-star reviews and their products are used at some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Now, I use their kitchen knives. They cut like butter. My steaks are always trimmed of the fat and I'm eating better meals because of it. Right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 15% off with your first order with the promo code Locked On. It's the best discount available online for Made In products. Go to MaidenCookware.com slash Locked On and use the promo code Locked On for 15% off your first order. That's MaidenCookware.com slash Locked On. Use the promo code Locked On. Made In. Better cookware for better meals. One other thing I definitely hate is going to the actual auto store to go ahead and buy a part just to have it installed, pay the service fee, pay the installment fee when I could do it if I just knew where to shop for the right actual part. Now I have that place. It's rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine modules to tail lamps to brake pads. So whether you're just trying to use your daily driver or refurbish a new classic, uh, rockauto.com will have everything you need. Just search their unique catalog, find the actual model, the price, and of course, more than anything else, what you're willing to pay. Go visit rockauto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we said you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked On Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, I'm back in action. Let's go ahead and start breaking down the actual Athlon Sports article. They started off talking about the offense. And here's the biggest quote. The Aggies have no shortage of big play threats. Powerful all-SEC running back Isaiah Spiller rushed for 1,036 yards in 10 games last season and looks to increase that total. He'll have to do it while sharing carries with speedster Devon A-Chain, the Orange Bowl's most valuable player. I think that what they're saying is, is that now Anaya Smith is going to be playing a lot more wide receiver, which again, I do believe he will, but you got to remember, I've called him Kadarius Toney for a while. I believe he's going to have that type of role where he's not just going to be used in the passing game. He will be used on jet sweeps. He will be used on motions. You will line him up in the backfield sometimes, and there will be plays where you do see all three running backs out there. But again, the biggest thing of all is you have fire versus power, fire versus earth, I guess you could say. Uh, I, I always use the you know the, the the analogies from 
the last airbender because they're very easy. So the fire would actually be, oh, actually be air and earth. All right, whatever. You get my point. Air would be A-Chain. He flies through the air. He moves quick. He's great in the open field. And everyone got to see the glimpse of what was missing, I think, with that extra element against North Carolina in that Orange Bowl game down in Miami. You got a good glimpse of what the future holds. This is a guy who has track speed, but a good build. That is the biggest key. Track speed, good build. If you have track speed and you're able to run like a running back, that makes you dangerous. And I do believe that when we're breaking down who is the best overall running back, running back, it still is Isaiah Spiller. But if we're talking about the best overall athlete, it is 100% Devon A-Chain. A-Chain can spread the field on multiple ways. The question is, can he work well between the trenches? Can he work through that A-gap? Can he make it through that B-gap? Or is he basically going to be a pulling guard B-gap to C-gap kind of guy? If that's the type of player he is, it's very hard to say, okay, well, he's going to be scoring every single play. Because what's eventually going to happen is you're going to start playing the safety down towards the C-gap. They're going to cover that gap, and then you're going to have to run a lot more counters. You're going to have to run a lot more option plays. You're going to have to wait for the safety debate on the quarterback to then sit out a pitch. You're going to have to worry about all those other things as a runner. So what I like is you have a two style runner. You have your big burly back and spiller, a guy who does have home run speed, but he works really well between that A and B gap because of the offensive line. The other good good thing is that you have a change of pace back in Smith. And I also think that once LJ Johnson starts to learn the offense, he's going to be very dangerous as well. Now, Here's what they had to say about the receiving core. The entire receiving core returns intact. Versatile junior Anaya Smith led Texas A&M in touchdowns and receiving yards while spending time at running back. Jalen Weidemeyer finishes to leave Texas A&M as the most productive tight end in school history. Also, Caleb Chapman is expected to fully recover from a knee injury that limited him to three games in 2020. He had three touchdown catches before the injury. Now, again, having back Chapman helps for that vertical threat and I do believe that that was one of the biggest key things missing for Texas A&M last year. Now, he lost when he was playing against Alabama, and Alabama was the one loss that Texas A&M had. So, it didn't really matter that Texas A&M didn't use Chapman after the Florida game because of the torn ACL, because they didn't lose another game. But, one of the big question marks was the scoring. That was something that separated in the conversation to the towards the College Football Playoff Committee that Texas A&M and um, uh, Ohio State was where they fell off. Ohio State was scoring more. Their defense was playing just at the same level as Texas A&M, and A&M did not have enough of a receiving core to really make that next jump. So having Chapman back in that sense, I do think really helps. But you also want to be able to find more stability at wide receiver. There was no number one last year because, again, when you look at what Anaya Smith did, he was not just a wide receiver. He was an athlete. I'm going to say say this again and again and again. Being an athlete first does matter. When you are an athlete, you're not just playing one position. That is why when you look at Isaiah Spiller, he is a running back. When I look at Demond Demas, he is a wide receiver. When I look at Jalen Weidemeyer, he is a tight end. When I look at Devon Achan and Anaya Smith, they are athletes. You line them up and you let them do their job. When they get to the next level, then they will have a solidified position because everyone at the NFL level is an athlete. But when you have players of this caliber, 
You play them where they work. So Smith will be the reliable guy, I think, in the slot. He'll see a lot of his snaps there. And then you need a number three. The question is, who's going to be that number three? Will it be Chase Lane, more of a possessional-style receiver? Will it be DeMon Demas, sticky hands, smooth route runner, has home run threat mentality if you want? Or will it be another guy? Will it be one of the guys who are slowly rising, like a Musa Muhammad III? Hezekiah Jones is coming back. And with Cameron Buckley transferring, that leaves a wide receiver spot open. As for Weidemeyer, I agree. I believe he will set every single tight end record before he leaves Texas A&M, and if he does it this year, he will be a first-round pick. I will not say he will be the next great you know, NFL tight end. He will not be the Kyle Pitts of this class, because Kyle Pitts was not just a tight end. He was an athlete. He was a unicorn. He was in that same category as the Devon A. Chains and the Anias Smiths of the world. But what I will say is, when you look at Weidemeyer, from a pure tight end prospect standpoint, the battle for tight end one for the NFL draft is him and Charlie Kohler. That is my prediction. He and Charlie Kohler make the most sense going into next season for tight end one. Now, naturally, you had to talk a little bit about what was going to happen at the offensive line position. This is what Athlon Sports had to say. There is also concerns on the offensive line, which lost four starters. Kenyon Green shifts from left tackle to uh, from guard to left tackle, where he earned All-American acclaim. Tennessee transfer Jameer Johnson should take over the right tackle spot. I do believe that if Jameer Johnson is the guy early on, and he can be set in his ways to start, you really have no flaws. I think everyone is underselling Luke Matthews 100%. I believe that they will have the left guard position figured out uh, with either, um, I know I'm blanking on it's Layden Robinson and and uh, I know it's OEA something. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on that off the top of my head. And if the loser that doesn't win, you probably can play them at right guard. And if Bryce Foster does hit immediately, you can play him at right guard. So there's really not a hole. Then it comes down to the quarterback. Here's what they had to say. The obvious question mark on offense is who will succeed the three-year starter at Mahonic quarterback. Haynes King has great scheme, but uh, Zach Calzada has a rifle arm. I also think that Athlon Sports is missing something. Haynes has great speed, but he is a pocket awareness quarterback. Calzada has a great arm, but he has to stay in the pocket. So when I look at King, King can move around the pocket, and he has good speed to where he can maneuver his way out, but he also has a good arm. The difference is... One is a good arm that can shoot it deep, but has very little help anywhere else and needs to get better accurately, where I could say the same thing about Calzada, great arm, good mechanics, good overall speed downfield, great accuracy, but he's a standing rock. So the offensive line is bad. He's not going anywhere. And that's a problem. There's not a win-win right now because the offensive line has not been solidified. And that's why I think people kind of have this conversation of what to make a Texas A&M. I do not think that Texas A&M has reached its full potential, but I do think that when you look offensively, you can't say the quarterback position is going to be set until you know if the offensive line is going to be set. I say this time and time again. Offensive line is the best friend of a quarterback, especially a young quarterback. It's not the weapons. The quarterback can make the weapons really good. An offensive line can make a quarterback elite. And that's why you look at the teams who are, have really good quarterback play in the NFL. Buffalo, very high-end offensive line. Kansas City, the year they won the Super Bowl, very high-end uh, high offensive line. 
what did they do all offseason? They went and they added a bunch of offensive linemen to make this team better. That's what you have to say about it. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Now, right now, there's nine unique flavors out there, but it doesn't really matter what the nougat inside is because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for anybody who's on the keto diet or looking to maintain or lose their weight because they're low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and they're great for anyone looking to either maintain or lose their weight. I eat a peanut butter protein bar every single morning, and it has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, so there's not a product like this out on the shelves. Order now and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you really like when you go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. That promo code is LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. In 25 minutes or less, I can get you caught up on everything you need to know about what is going on in the college sports world, plus the NBA, MLB, NHL, NBA. Simple. What do you do? You listen to Locked On Today. Peter Bukowski breaks down all things talking about the upcoming season in 25 minutes or less. That way you are caught up by the time you get to work, finish your workout, or of course, walk your dog. Go ahead and listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. We continue talking about Texas A&M and now moving to their defense. Here's exactly what Athlon Sports had to say. Despite the departure of all SEC tackle Bobby Brown, the third, Texas A&M's defensive front projects to be just as good, if not better, than a year ago. Defensive end DeMarvin Leal is often overlooked and he is overwhelming. He is denied postseason honors even though he posted eight quarterback pressures, three pass deflections, an interception, and a force fumble. He is joined by tackle Javon Peavy and Ed Michael Clemens, both who opted out to ret- uh, both who opted to return for a super senior season. Clemens posted four sacks in five games before suffering a broken ankle. McKinley Jackson was so impressive that Browns as Browns understudy that he should be able to fill the role at tackle with significant decline in production. What I think about that is again, defensive line especially in I would say the SEC, it really, you do not have starters. You have starters based off formation. So you could see plays where Tyree Johnson is in, DeMarvin Leal is playing more of a three technique, and you have Jaden Peavy in. You could see the same play happen where you have DeMarvin Leal on the outside, Michael Clemens on the outside, McKinley Jackson in the nose, and they're playing with a three-man front. You could also see plays where DeMarvin Leal is playing on the outside, Jaden Peavy is playing next to McKinley Jackson, and Michael Clemens is, is there. There are so many ways we can go about this. What's really good is that there's a lot of depth at both the pass rush on the defensive end position and a lot more depth internally. You lose Bobby Brown, you keep Jaden Peavy, you have McKinley Jackson, you have Isaiah Rakes, you look at the outside, you still have Fadil Diggs, you still have um, you know, Tyree Johnson, you still have... Um, Danell Harris, and there's a lot more names coming up that are going to be even bigger and better for the future of the organization. Now, of course, the biggest thing of all in the SEC when looking at quarterback play, it really, to me, comes down to, um, you know, the corners and the secondary. The secondary is important. Here's what Athlon Sports had to say. 
The secondary returns wholly intact with cornerback Miles Jones also opting to take advantage of a super senior season. He had his best season of his career until the final two games, missing it with an ankle injury, yet he may no longer be A&N's best cornerback or even its best Jones. Sophomore Jalen Jones shown signs that he could develop into a special player when healthy senior, uh, junior safety Damani Richardson has started every game since his freshman year. The biggest hold of field will be the leading tackler of Buddy Johnson, who was more than just a tackler but also an emotional leader. Andre White Jr., the junior who was capable of being the backup role, must improve as an effective starter. Fingers crossed that White can duplicate the emergence of super senior Aaron Hansford, a one-time tight end who performed admirably last season. So again, Johnson was the thumper and Hansford was the uh, more space guy. When Hansford was out in the Orange Bowl, White took over his role. And unfortunately for White, the one thing I will say is he looked more like Buddy Johnson than he did like Aaron Hansford. That could be the problem. Edron Cooper is a name to watch for as potentially a starter over a guy like Andre White. Because what you can say is Hansford can play the mic and the space guy can be Cooper. Now that does not mean that White will have, you know, will have to transfer to play again. You could see him probably start in a year. But at that point, you also have to be weary of Antonio Doyle starting to get more snaps. So this is a big year for White. But secondary-wise, they're going to be really good. Again, I've said this multiple times. They have multiple players like Antonio Johnson, like Devin Morris, like Eric Young, who can play safety, can play corner. They also have great depth with Brian George and um, Brian George and Elijah Blades to back up both the Joneses. They also have Joshua Moten, who could be a good nickel corner. They have Kelcher Carper, who can play both safety roles. You have Leon O'Neill, who could play the nick. I mean, could play down in the box, and Carper can play up top. There's a lot of ways they can go about it. Now, of course, they had to go ahead and talk about the final analysis. A projected strong defense suggests that a huge offensive numbers won't be expected in post-victories. The experiences, the experienced Aggies defense figures to be as good as a unit that held opponents to fewer than 30 points last season. This would be vital for a team with a first-year starting quarterback and a rebuilt offensive line. A favorable early schedule allows new starters to gain a much-needed game experience. A&M's first five opponents each managed only four wins or fewer last season. Four of those games will be played in the state of Texas. That will lead up to the midseason clash against Alabama at Kyle Field. The Aggie schedule is advantageous as it can be in the SEC West, with home games against Alabama, Auburn, and Mississippi State. A 10-win season is a reasonable goal. If either King or Calzada can play at a high level of QB, the Aggies could challenge for more. That was it. They did not give a prediction. Long story short, we'll get this out of the way. They're basically coming out and saying, I believe it is all based off King or Calzada. I disagree. I believe it is all based off the offensive line. The last season, AM allowed four sacks. They did not allow a sack against Alabama. They did not allow a sack against LSU. Those are going to be the two defensive lines you have to watch for. I think they allowed one, maybe, and I, and I could be wrong on this. I think they allowed one against Auburn. That's it. When you look at Texas A&M moving forward, the line as a whole is in a really, really good spot. I am very much sold that this offensive line, if you can find out who can be the right tackle, and if you can find out who can be one of the two guards, I'll go with the left guard right now. You are set. Your left tackle is fine. Your center is fine. The loser of that will probably win the right guard spot. You have a great up-and-coming guy in Bryce Foster coming out of Katie Taylor High School. 
if the offensive line can be stagnant and be solidified, you're now allowing your quarterback in King or Calzada, because both can work, King or Calzada can get the job done, you're now allowing them to be successful. You're now allowing them to build their success, not based off of, you know, how many wins can I get? Uh, Can I throw for 500 yards in a single game? No. You're allowing them to be consistent because they're going to have ample protection and ample time to make a ton of plays left and right. That's my analogy on the, on the overall article. And I think that Athlon Sports did a great job of this, covering every single area of where Texas A&M sits going into 2021. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, who is the U? Now, what do I mean by the U? Well, who is something something university? What's QBU? What's DLU? What's wide receiver U? What's DB? We'll be discussing all that where Texas A&M might find themselves in that category. Make sure you're following us every single day. See you tomorrow. Remember, you good me all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.